Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. You know, it's funny, you know, as we get older, things change, right? As we get older, some of the things that we loved kind of stop, and some of the things we didn't think about start becoming important. Case in point, uh, I have bought several pairs of new shoes recently, and uh, nobody has asked me if they make me run faster, right? When I was young... You get new shoes, and people say, do they, you run fast? And then you start running, you know, the kid starts running around, right? Like, n- nobody's done that for me, right? Like, not once has somebody asked me, and then I run across the room to show them how much faster. Uh, see, as we get older, there's different expectations, right? As we get older, uh, as we grow, there's different expectations for our life. Like, at, at one point, mom and dad had to wipe your butt, right? And so, as, as, as you know, when, when, when you're little, it's kind of cute, when you're a newborn, you're like, oh, so cute. And then at some point, they're like, um, dog, you don't have to start using the toilet. Like, this, is, this has got to end, right? Like, I just, I can't be involved in this process any longer. At some point, it becomes unclean. What was blessed and cute is now just a little bit nasty, right? Like, at some point, you're like, ah, that's just nasty, right? And so as Christians, uh, in the beginning, there's people who would help us clean up our messes and as we get older, the Lord's like, come on, come on, dog. You know how to deal with this. You know, you know like this is now, it's just kind of nasty, right? In the beginning, uh, like your leaders were more than happy to help wipe your, wipe your butt, right? But as you got older, they're like, come on, man, you know where the bathroom is. Like, stop making a mess in your own stuff, right? You got to clean this stuff up. And it's even worse when believers are living in a mess and they blame it on other people. Like, dog, it's in your pants, this is your marriage, right? Like, this is your finances. This is your, like, this, this is, come on, you have to, like, the first part of getting mature is recognizing the mess I'm sitting in was caused by me, right? Can we just be honest? Can we be honest? You know, amen. As, 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 as we raise kids, like, when they're young, we're like, look, just tell me the truth. I can help you fix this, but you got to tell me how you got into this mess, right? My kids were young. I used to always tell them, listen, whatever predicament you're in, like, I need you to call dad. Dad will help you fix it. I I, want to instill in them, listen, my first reaction is not to punish or to shame, but to help figure out how you got in this mess and help get you out of it, right? I I am a lifeline. Don't be so dumb not to call me, right? Does this make sense? Now, Now I got kids who are driving age, and uh, soon my son uh, will be old enough to make choices, uh, legally choices uh, concerning alcohol. And, uh, and, and, we're, and we're telling him, listen, if you're ever in a position that you make a bad decision to drink and be somewhere, do not make a bad decision worse by hiding it and driving home. That is the worst thing you can do. Call me. I will come get you. I will get an Uber. I will get you out of this. And, and, don't, and what's the point we're trying, to, we're trying to get across here? Don't hide your mistakes. Get somebody involved in what's going on to help get you out of the situation that you're in. And if, you, if the only people you know to call will shame you, get new friends. Amen. Get some new people in your life that will actually want your life to be better, right? Now, this is who Jesus is. 
This is who Jesus is. The one, the only one on the whole planet, who, in the whole universe, who has been authorized to sit on the seat of judgment, chooses to sit on the seat of mercy, right? This is the only one who, who's to, who is anointed to judge you. And at this point, he is sitting on the mercy seat. And as fathers and mothers in the faith, I don't care if you're 14 or 104, you could be a father in the faith to somebody. And as a father in the faith, we need to be sitting on the mercy seat to tell people, listen, you got some mistakes in your life, but I'm here to help you out of them. That's what I have come for. And this is what, this is what Jesus came for. Jesus came to help us out of the pits that we get ourselves into. Can you say amen? amen? Okay, so all week we've been praying the Beatitudes together uh, out of Matthew. Ha has that affected you at all? Like the Lord has spoken to me. Now here's what I want you to do. Just fake it. Act like you've been doing it and just say, yes, the Lord has been speaking to my heart, challenging my fundamentals. Like I am seeing him differently at this point, pastor. What an anointed thing for you to have us do. Like, right? Amen. Thank you. He, he spoke, he's been speaking to me through it. And, um, and, uh, uh, as, you, as you read the Beatitudes, you know, blessed are those who, 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 who are down. Blessed are those who are broke. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Ble blessed. And you're like, man, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I get it. It's convicting my heart on how I should be looking at things. But I don't know if I can do this. Now, here's what's super important. As, as we study the Bible, there's a Bible term called hermeneutics. Now, hermeneutics is the way that we study the Bible, how we unpack it, how we decide what is a truthful, faithful interpretation of it, and what is man-made religion, right? And so we want to faithfully unpack the Word of God. When I'm in seminary, you can tell people uh, who are new in their seminary journey because they use a lot of preacher speak thinking that it's faithful Bible excuse me, faithful Bible hermeneutics and study when it's when it's not. It's just it's just preacher speak. It's stuff that it's like it's like it's like candy, right? Good preacher speak is like candy, gets you excited, gets you hyper, but doesn't last. Right? Good faithful Bible hermeneutics brings grace into your life, some meat, something you can build your life upon. And and you may not be as hyper right now, but when the storm comes, you're gonna stand. Right? And this is why we want faithful Bible hermeneutics. And, and, and what Jesus is doing with the Sermon on the Mount is giving us a new Bible hermeneutic. He's like, this is who I am. I want you to view the scriptures through this lens. And hopefully by the end of this message, as I'm, oh, I'm doing good on time. Hopefully in this message, I can kind of unpack this a little bit and uh, you can come away encouraged with a new lens to look at God. Look at your life and look at the Word of God. Amen? Amen. So as we look at Luke chapter 6, if you're not there, you can go ahead and turn there. Uh, as we look at Luke chapter 6, we talked about it last week, but uh, the setting is Jesus in the, in the hill country uh, in Galilee. Uh, he's not in Jerusalem. Uh, he's actually out with the broke people, meaning he would have found me, right? And uh, he went up into the mountain at night to pray. Uh, and he came down from the mountain and as he came down from the mountain, he did a series of miracles. This is super important to recognize. As we do a good hermeneutical study of a, of, of a passage of the Bible, one of the most important things that we look at is what's the setting. 
Who is he talking to? What was happening before? What is going on? What's the situation? I talk to the lady at Publix differently than I talk to my wife, right? I'm kind to both. I'm more intimate with one than the other. That keeps me in ministry, right? So like, like the, the, the setting is important, right? The setting is important. And so Jesus has been on the mountain all night praying. He comes down and, uh, and he starts doing a series of miracles, and, 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 he, and if you don't look at this right, you're going to miss some of this. So let's try to unpack this slowly, but we got a lot to go through, so, so hang on. The first thing he did was he appointed 12 disciples, right? These are 12 guys who were not qualified to be the disciples of the Lamb, right? They are not qualified to be the apostles of the Lamb. Uh, of the 12 of these, uh, seven of them were probably fishermen, one was a tax collector. Uh, four of them, we don't know what they did uh, when Jesus called them. But we do know that uh, he made them all apostles. Now, what, why do we call that a miracle? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, Paul says, he says, um, you were not appointed because you were somebody. He says, you weren't great when God called you. It's, it's important to recognize that God likes to call unqualified people so he can get glory from their transformation. Remember this. I need you to remember this. He got 12 people who were not qualified to be rabbinical scholars, who were not qualified to be disciplers, who were not qualified to be the rabbi's disciples. They were, none of them were prepared for it. None of them had lives leading to that. But Jesus was showing his greatness by choosing them, right? And by choosing them, amen, by choosing them, he qualified them to walk in his power. I need you to hear this. If you are called by God, you have miracle working power in you. Can you say amen? The very fact that Jesus Christ, come on, you know, that's good. That's good. One clap, we all clap. That's good news. If you've been called by Jesus Christ, if he calls you by name, if he has redeemed you and put his spirit on the inside of you, he puts his anointing there so that you could be somebody you never could have been without him. That is the miracle. He came down from the mountain. The first miracle he did is he transformed 12 lives. This is a big deal that we kind of gloss over. Okay, so, so follow along with me. This is, he's setting things up, right? And so he begins, uh, the, the scripture, Luke begins to tell the story. We're going to pick it up in Luke chapter 6, verse 17. So he came down, stood on a level place, and there was a large crowd of his disciples, right? I want you to see this. There's a crowd of disciples and a great throng of people from all of Judea and Jerusalem in the coastal areas of Tyre and Sidon. So now we got, he's making a distinction here. We got to recognize this. He's making a distinction. We got two groups. We got the disciples, which include the apostles. Apostles were among the disciples, but those weren't his only disciples. It says it was a large crowd of his disciples and a great throng of people from all, all over the place. We'll just say that. Verse 18. <laughs> all over the place. Lots of folks. Verse 18. These folks had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with demons were being cured. And all the people were trying to touch him for power was coming from him and healing them 
all. That, that's a big deal right there. Power was coming from him and healing them all. Now, I'm not so naive as to think um, that all those who listen to Jesus, who are reading the Bible, are actual disciples. Right? And I hope we aren't so deceived to think that just because God did something in our lives that makes us a disciple. Because we see here there's a great throng of people who are not disciples that God was blessing. Because he's a good God. We don't just bless those who deserve to be blessed. We bless to be a blessing. This is why we bless. And just because God has done something great in your life, do not get confused and think that that means somehow that you're a disciple. Right? This is not a word of condemnation. This is a word of encouragement to say, I better find out. I better make sure I'm not just those who are listening and are being touched, but I'm a disciple. But I get ahead of myself here. This is important. Power was coming from him to heal them all. This this power that Jesus walked in, it's no coincidence how we see the, the series of events here. Jesus came down from the mountain. What happened on that mountain? What was happening on that mountain that when he came down, first 12 lives were being changed. Disciples were being impacted. And then a great throng of folks who weren't even being discipled by Jesus are being healed and demons are coming off of them. You see, this is the power that you will find when you climb the mountain of God. When you make it a point in your life that I am going to climb the mountain of God and I'm going to be alone with him, you will find the power of God right there waiting for you that you will carry into your life. Your words will sound different than other people's words. Your actions will appear different than other people's actions. And people who aren't even disciples may not even like you. They will be around you because the power of God is upon you to change their lives. They will begin to see things differently. They will get wisdom differently than they get on TV because the anointing of God is upon you and it will begin to impact their lives and change them in ways that you could not even enumerate. This is what happens when you come down from the mountain of God. And I would encourage you, if you've not found the secret place of God, if you have not found the place of dwelling, make it a purpose in your life that you are going to find the mountain that God meets you on. Can you say amen? Come on, we need to climb that mountain and we need to encounter God. Amen. Come on. He came down from the mountain and he got these 12 guys and he aligned them with their destiny by calling it out of them. There's no way they could, have, they, could have found that, they, could have, they could have come into that had Jesus not come down from the mountain and saw in them what nobody had ever seen before. This is the power of God that was upon him. And then he brought healing to these people's bodies because he was on the mountain and he comes down and he sets them physically right in their place. Come on, man, that's, that's, that's good stuff right there. See, some people today, I just believe in the name of Jesus, I have been trekking up the mountain. I have been seeking God, my wife and I, and spending more time in the secret place than ever, just crying out to God for his presence and his power. And I believe that some people today are going to get something as well. Can you say amen? I believe there's some people today who are going to find their way to the mountain. They're going to find out where it is. God is going to speak to you and he's going he's to put some sort of Holy Ghost GPS on the inside of you that you're going to be able to find where the mountain of God is for you. You say amen. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm ready. I'm ready. See, you know, <laughs> Jesus is flowing in power. 
You know, there's going to be deliverance. There's going to be healing. There's going to be freedom from the lies of this world when, when, when the mountain of God anointing begins to get on you. This comes from the power of God. But we've got to remember there's two groups here. There's a, there's a group of people who are just happy to be around someone who is on the mountain. Then there's disciples looking for how to get to the mountain. There, 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 there's those who are happy, just, just come bring me some. And there's other people who say, no, I'm a, I'm a disciple. I, I need to figure out where this mountain is. And then something very specific happens here in the scripture as we continue reading. In Luke chapter 6, verse 20, Jesus turned towards one of those groups. It, it's right here in the scripture. He says, and turning his gaze toward his disciples. So there's the big crowd, but he's like, no, no, no. Now I'm going to teach those who are actually going to listen. Now, there's people that I don't want to go down this. I don't know who this is for. Just get it so I can stop. But, 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 but Jesus, there's people who keep crying out to God. God, I want to hear you. I want to hear you. I want to hear you. You make a decision first. You're going to do something with what he tells you. You got to decide, like, if you speak, I'm actually going to value it, God. And I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to forgive the person I don't want to forgive. I'm going to reach out to the person who's far from God. I'm going to actually change my lifestyle. I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to read your word, and I'm going to let it search my heart. If you want God to turn towards you, make a decision. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get out of the throng. I'm going to get into discipleship. Okay, okay, I don't got time for that. Come on, stop, stop, slow me down here. All right, so here's what he says. Verse 20, and turning his gaze toward, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Tracy, I feel the Holy Ghost up here right now. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm, I'm in a happy place right now. Hallelujah. I'm in my happy place. And turning his gaze toward his disciples, he began to say, now here's where things get a little difficult. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. Be glad in that day and leap for joy for behold your reward is great in heaven for in the same way your fathers used to treat the prophets. Let me ask you a question. You ever had church hurt? You ever have church hurt? I've never gone through church hurt and began to clap for joy. Woohoo! People who said they're going to be disciples of Jesus are acting like demons. Yeah! Woohoo! Clapping for joy. This is what Jesus says to do. And you're like, I don't feel like that. I feel like calling down fire like Jesus' disciples. You know, I'm ready for the, I'm ready for the, I'm ready for Jesus to crack the sky and come down with his sword on a horse. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm ready, I'm ready for some righteous judgment. I'm like, you're storing up wrath for the day of judgment. I will bear witness on the great day. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get a little worked up when church hurt happens. But Jesus, like, listen, when church hurt happens, I want you to recognize. I want you to recognize there's something else happening here. Let's unpack it real quick, all right? Let's, in a little bit of time we got left, which is probably, you know, I might go over a little bit here today. That might happen, but well, we're going to get something. So let's, let's look at the picture God is trying to point through Luke in the writing of this passage. <clears throat> so we got Jesus coming down off the mountain. Remember anybody else coming down off the mountain with some new stuff? Moses, right? We got this Moses uh, typology here. Moses coming down with the Ten Commandments. Jesus came down off the mountain with grace and mercy, right? So we had law coming down before. We got grace and mercy coming down off the mountain this time, right? And so, 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 so then at the same time, we got this uh, Beatitudes in Matthew, and we got the Beatitudes 
and Luke. And they're a little different. If you're a Bible scholar, you recognize they're a little different. Don't make things up to try to make them fit together. Let me help you out a little bit with this. Jesus was an itinerant preacher. And itinerant preachers don't write a lot of new messages, right? If one works, they use it, right? And so if you see them on TV and you see them in your church, they're preaching the same message. It's not them being fake. It's they have a message to give, right? And so Jesus had a message and he preached it around, preached it different places. And he preached it, to, you know, crafted it a little bit for different crowds. And so we got the Sermon on the Mount and we got here, it says he was on a level place or a plane, depending on the Bible that you use, the, 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 the interpretation, the, the, the translation that you use. And so uh, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, here's how I wanted you to look at them when you're reading Matthew. The Sermon on the Mount is more spiritual. The Sermon on the Plain is more practical, right? So when you read the one in Matthew, the one we, we quoted this whole week, he said things like, uh, blessed are those who are spiritually poor, right? In Luke, that's not what he says. Luke says, blessed are the poor, and the word there, the Greek word, literally means those who are destitute and are begging for food. He's literally talking about the poor. Now, as we talked about throughout the series, Luke, in his gospel, it's important to him to communicate that Jesus has a special love for those who are suffering. He has a special love for those who are physically poor, for those who are on the outset of society, for those who are in the margins, for those who are looked down upon. Jesus has a special love for those who are being manipulated. So, 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 so as Luke writes these Beatitudes, we don't see him using spiritual language. He's talking literally, if you are hungry, you, you're blessed. Why? Why would, he, why would he say that? But I mean, we're going to unpack that. Luke Luke, his version is shorter than Matthew's version. However, Luke includes not just blessings, but what the, 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 the writers call these woes. So there's blessings and woes. Some people only give the good news. Some people give the good news and the bad news. It's important that we get both. It's important that we better get the good news and the bad news. It's important that you have people in your life who don't just give you the good news, don't just give you sugar, but give you a vitamin as well, right? Like we need, we need both. We need both. And Luke has, has given us both. And here in, 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 in um, these, 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 these woes, these, these added woes, um, are Luke communicating that Jesus expects something from us when he blesses us. God's blessings come with responsibilities. This is what Luke wants us to know. Listen, when God blesses you, and if you're a disciple, the blessings are coming. Remember, he turned to his disciples and said this. The blessings are coming. You better get ready for them and know what to do with them. Because when God blesses you, there are some responsibilities that come along with it. Can you say amen? There are some responsibilities that come along with it. And for those who don't fulfill that responsibility, Jesus proclaims a woe. Now, 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 now. Uh, the point seems to be that in life, we have choices. Jesus is all about freedom. He'll let you do whatever you want. I mean, you can go to hell for all he cares, right? If that's what you want to do, the gates are wide open. Pardon how I said that. I meant it to be a little more funny than it came off, right? <laughs> he don't want you to go to hell, but if you want to go to hell... I appreciate you laughing later. I'll, 
I won't be up at night regretting that now. I really appreciate that. You have ministered to your pastor's soul. I appreciate that. He don't want anybody to go to hell. He desires that none would perish. But he gives you that option. Right? Like, like, like if you're married, your spouse has the option to cheat. But there's going to be some consequences. Hopefully, if you've got to, you know, there's got to be some reconciliation. There's got to be some work. There's got to be some recognition. Got to be repentance. There's got to be love. There's got to be ministry to my heart for feeling betrayed. But, 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 but it can happen. Amen. But, but you can't act like it didn't happen. If your friend does you dirt, like, there's going to be repercussions. This has got to get fixed. If I spill paint all over the floor here, we got to clean it up. Right? And so, so if you get blessed, God says there's some, there's some, there's some, you know, there's some requirements. And if you don't meet those responsibilities, ah, there's, there's going to be some repercussions, right? And, and so this is what he's saying. We have, we have a choice. We have to choose what in life we're going to pursue. And, and this is what I want to get at. And hopefully I can nail this really well in my remaining time. Jesus is like, you got life and you better make a decision what you are going to pursue with that life. What, what is going to be the goal of your life? And so here, here, here's where we start, where, where Matthew says, blessed are you who are poor in spirit. We see here in verse 20, uh, Jesus says this, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Now, it's not more holy to be poor than it is to be rich. Amen. I have been, I have been really poor, and I have been not poor. I'll take not poor every day of the week. Amen. I, I will not poor every day of the week. I have never felt closer to God when I didn't have food, right? Like, so I'm not saying um, some people have gotten this and said, you know, um, certain religions have gotten this and saying we need to, you know, ministers need to be poor or we need to, that, that, that is a very superficial reading of this scripture. That, that is not what Jesus is trying to say. That is not doing the real work of understanding what is being communicated in the word of God. This is, this is not a requirement for salvation. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. They're already disciples. He's not saying you got to do this to become a disciple. They're already disciples now. He's teaching them. We've got to unpack it here, right? So it's not, it's not more holy to be poor, nor is it sinful to be rich. This is Jesus giving us an interpretation of the Old Testament. We read here in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 8. This is what the, this is what the writer of Proverbs said. He says, Keep deception and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion, that I not be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or that I be in want and steal and profane the name of my God. He's saying, don't make me rich. Watch this, and this is what you'll see in the world today. Don't make me rich so that I think I don't need you. Don't make me so poor that I get bitter, deny God, and steal. Now, I, I um, oh, Jesus. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't want to be poor, and I don't want to be so rich that I don't need God. How you navigate that is determined by where your heart is at. Man, I have, mm, oh, Jesus. Pray for me, honey. I just reel it in. That's it. I'm, 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 out. I'm getting out on the ledge here. But let me say, let me say this, um, let me say this, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say this and then move on quickly. I have seen the anointing of God transform so many broke people who were nothing into somebody, and for some reason, I was not able to keep them from thinking that their money made them somebody, and then all of a sudden, Jesus was not the somebody they were pursuing anymore. 
they felt that they had reached it. I cannot tell you how many times I see people come into financial wealth and all of a sudden don't need God to be at the center of their lives because they have made it. And I got to wonder, was God the one you're pursuing or has God been the side piece all along? Right? That, that's, what I have to, that's what I have to ask, but I just leave it at that. Uh, and so he says, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with money, uh, but you have to choose at some point you got to choose at some point who's going to be your God. At some point, you got to decide. And let me tell you this, you better choose God. Because that, that success you get in the world, it is temporal. It is not going to last in the next life. I mean, they can put all your money in the coffin with you, but it's going to rot along with your body, right? Like, you, like, 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 listen, Jesus wants us to have radical trust in God. That's what this is the point. Radical trust. He's like, look, if you're poor... Guess what? You're blessed because I'm going to come through for you. But the good thing about it is it's easy for you to have radical trust in God when you're broke because you got nothing else. This is what he's communicating to them. You're blessed. But in with this blessing, there's a corresponding woe in Luke. For every blessing, there's a corresponding woe. So we see here in verse 24, he says, but woe to you who are rich because you're receiving your comfort in full. Oh, ow, what does that mean? If you're, if you're rich, that, you're gonna, that you can't be rich? Again, that is not a proper reading of the Scriptures. This woe is, is, is not a curse. It's not him speaking a curse. It's a lament. A lament, like in Lamentations, he's saying, oh, I'm so sad what's happening in your life. I'm so, I'm so you, 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 you think things are good, but I see the true depth of what is happening and what's important is rotting away. And, and the prophets, when they would give a woe, they would say, I see the trajectory that you're on and, and, and doom is coming. I'm not prophesying doom. I'm saying, I see where you're heading and I'm trying to warn you, but you're not listening. And oh my gosh, it's like you're on a 24th story of a building and you're watching somebody run out into the street of heavy traffic and you're not causing it, but you're already lamenting because they're about to get hit by a car. This is, this is what it looks like. He's like, Man, this, this, this bad things are coming. Let me show you this. In, in, the, in the message translation, here, here's how they translate it. I, I know this isn't word for word, but he says, he says, but it's trouble ahead if you think you have it made. What you have is all you'll ever get. If you think you get rich and you got it made, that's all you're ever going to get. That, that's it. That's the end of your blessing. And Jesus, like true blessings come from God. And if this world is the only blessing you're going for, that's the only blessing you'll ever get. And I'm here to tell you there's an afterlife you might want to live for a little bit. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. Yeah, let's move on here. Verse 21. Then he says, blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Jesus wants his disciples to think about blessings completely different than what they thought about them before. It, it, he says it's, it's, it's not the rich but it's those who hunger for Jesus that are blessed. You see, in the old religious system, if you had money, that meant you were blessed. If the, 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 the wealthy uh, priests were considered to be blessed because they were wealthy, and the poor, those who had sores on their bodies, those, those who had the skin diseases, couldn't even be touched because they were considered to be cursed by God. And Jesus came down off the mountain flipping things upside down. Those who you thought had it made, Mm -mm, you're looking at things wrong. Those who you think are on the bottom, I'm lifting them up right now. Those who think you got it set, guess what? You built your house on some sand. This is, this is what Jesus is trying to say. And he's saying, look, those who hunger for Jesus are those 
who are blessed. That, that, that's one thing. The other thing is Jesus knew what was coming. He knew that in, uh, in AD 69, the, the, all of Jerusalem was about to be sacked. It was about to be burned to the ground. That Christians were about to be uh, persecuted by Nero and hung up on crosses themselves and used uh, as, as, as torches in, in, in his, um, in his, in his, in, in his um, what they called carnivals, as he would have, his, his gatherings. And, and, and he knew that Christian persecution was coming and his disciples were going to be tortured and murdered. And he's letting them know, hey, guess what? Hard times are coming, but don't think that I have left you. Because there's hard times. I need you to understand, when you're at the bottom of a pit, I am closer than ever. When you think you're on top of the mountain and you got it set, you've forgotten an important ingredient, God. But when you're in the bottom of a pit, Jesus wants you to know, I have not forsaken you. I have not left you. My love has not abandoned you. But I am there with you. He's letting them know, hey, guess what? Hard times are coming but I'm going to be closer than ever. And as a matter of fact, those hard times caused the gospel to spread all over the world. This is the diaspora and why the church is not just in Jerusalem today. I'm here to let you know you might be going through a hard time, but it's possible that God is allowing this to move you out of where you were comfortable into a place that God could use you to be a blessing for somebody else. There is a blessing in the midst of your struggle because in the bottom of your pit, Jesus is there with you and he is taking a ladder and he's lifting you to a new place that you could not have gone to without this current struggle in your life. Can you say amen? Yeah, we need, to, we need to have a bigger picture of what God is doing in our lives right now. That's a good word right there. He knew it was coming. He's telling, hey, don't put your faith in the economy because it's going to let you down. Don't put your faith in the government. It's going to let you down. Don't put your faith in what makes you comfortable. It's going to let you down. Put your faith in Jesus. All right, let's move on because y'all are slowing me down here. I got a lot to go. I got a lot to go. Hallelujah. 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 Okay, verse 25. Woe to you who are well fed now. For you shall be hungry. And again, in the message translation, it says, uh, it's trouble ahead if you're satisfied with yourself. Yourself will not satisfy you for long. Man, there, there, better, be, there, 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 there better be a little hunger in your life for the things of God. Can you say amen? There better be a little uh, lack of contentment with what's going on around your life. And Jesus unpacks that and he's like, what makes you happy? What sustains your joy? And what is the source of sadness if you allow it into your life? Watch this. Uh, verse 21. Uh, Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Listen, if you're in a hard time, Jesus says to his disciples, and he says to you today, a new day is coming. If you're in a hard time right now, if you're in a time of confusion, I'm here to let you know, a new day is coming. There is a new day on the horizon. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, I need you to hear this, whether you are in the room, in the front, in the back. If mama dragged you here or you're here just because you feel guilty about God, if you're online, if you're watching this later, I, I need you to know that Jesus Christ, with him, today could be the day. Today could be the day. Every day you wake up as a disciple of Jesus Christ, Today could be the day that everything changes. Amen. Today could be the day Amen. that everything shifts. Today could be the day that there is a, a new dawn emerging. Today could be the day that that divine appointment happens and everything changes. Come on, you got to have that hope in your heart. Can you say amen? amen. <clears throat> sugar, sugar cane religion 
tells you that every day is going to be sweeter than the next. That's, 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 that's pop sugar candy, Count Chocula religion right there, right? Some things look crunchy, but they're just crunchy sugar. The marshmallows are sugar and the rest is sugar, right? It's just all sugar. Like we'll make the sugar harder to make you feel like you got something, but it's all sugar, right? But there is a time for weeping, the Bible says. There, there is a time, and we're, we, we are to be people who weep. Uh, if, you, if you lost a loved one, don't, don't listen to some lie, well, God needed another angel. No, 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 they died, mourn. And if somebody that you know and love has, has a loved one who is suffering, don't say some nonsense like God, like, just mourn with them. Sit and weep with them. Like that, this is how you minister to hurting people. Hurt with them. Acknowledge their pain and cry with them. If you're like, well, I don't know how to cry, get inner healing so that you're able to mourn and mourn with somebody. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Listen, we, we, here's, a, here's kind of a test of our, of, our, of our spiritual maturity. Do you mourn over the people in your neighborhood who are not saved? Does that bring you mourning that people that you know and love are not going to heaven? Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm like, that, that, needs to, that needs to bother us a little bit. That, that needs to be a source of mourning. Like, I have a hope and they do not. They have created a God in their own image, and that grieves my heart because the God of all creation is a loving God who wants to carry some burdens, who created them for a purpose, and they're not walking in it. That, that needs to mourn us a little bit. That needs to hurt our heart a little bit. It's important that we have friends with people who don't know Jesus, number one, because Christians get lost in their little bubble. And we start thinking the little stuff that we hear is all that there is. But we get lost, Christians. We get lost and disconnected. So it's important to at least know what real people are going through. But number two, if all your friends are lost and, and, and your Christianity don't, don't, doesn't rub against them a little bit, we got to wonder where is my Christianity in my life? Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, you know, <clears throat> we need to be mourning a little bit. Does it bother you that there's people around you who don't know Jesus? Yes. It, ne it needs to. It needs to bother us a little bit. Does that mean you need to be beating them over the head with a Bible? No. But it needs, that should drive you to intercession and asking God how you can help them know the God of love. Verse 25, he says this, Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Now, laughter indicates satisfaction and contentment. And, 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 and the message says again here, It's trouble ahead if you think life's all fun and games. There's suffering to be met, and you're going to meet it. We, 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 we can't avoid all suffering. The Bible promises us that. The key is Jesus is who we need to be turning our focus to in times of suffering. The anointing of God is with you there to affect your time of suffering. He said that he is the comforter, and he is the counselor. And we need the Holy Ghost of God to be with us in the pit so we can figure out how we got here, where we are at, and where we are going. We need the Holy Ghost to help discern the times and seasons that we find ourselves in. Otherwise, all we get is just everybody else stuck in the pit with us telling us what they think is going on. We need the God. Watch this. We need the God who was in heaven. And he was chilling in heaven. Jesus was good in heaven. Jesus was fine. It's not like he needed something new to do, right? Like It's not like, not like Jesus was like, I'm bored. 
Let me find something else to do. Let me go to earth and mess around with these trifling fools. Like, no, that is not what happened. That, that's, that's not what happened, right? Like, like the point of Jacob's ladder is not for you to get out of here. Jesus, Jesus came down. Jesus came down a ladder into earth to save us. Watch this. He came down to save us. Is that so that we can climb the ladder to get out of here? No, he gives us a ladder. He found us in a pit. He gave us a ladder and said, you need to get this ladder. Find somebody in a pit and get down there with them and help them out of the pit. If you don't get this in your head, you're going to think the whole point of your life is to get out of here and get up there. That is not the point of your life. The point of your life is to figure out what is this ladder that Jesus has given me? And where is the pit that my ladder was made for? Because I'm willing to get down in there. I'm going to get dirty with some people who are mourning. I'm going to get dirty with some people who are poor. I'm going to get dirty with some people who are suffering. And I'm going to cry with them. And I'm going to suffer with them. But I'm going to show them the ladder that got me up out this pit to where God is good, to where God is faithful to where God is meeting needs. You got to carry this thing around and help some people. Otherwise, what is your Christianity about? What is it about? It ain't just Jesus came down. We know Jesus came down. Does anybody here not know that Jesus came down? Of course, the lost knew that Jesus came down. They were there with him, listening, getting healed by him, and still weren't disciples. He was telling his disciples, you're going to carry around a ladder. I need you to know there's some people who are broke. You don't want to be near them because you think they're cursed. Guess what? I'm with them. You better get down there because that's where you're going to find me. You're going to find me with some people who need some help. You're going to find me with some people who need rescue. You're going to find me with some people who are being maligned and talk bad about. The people who are gossiping about, I'm with them. You better get over there with them and help them out a little bit. Hallelujah. 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 Mm, I'm feeling good. Almost done is the lie the preacher says. All right. Then he says, then he said one more thing. Watch out for. He said, watch out if you need the world's approval. Watch out if you need the world's approval. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 22. Blessed are you when men hate you. You're like, some of y'all like, ding, got it. That's not what he's talking about. Blessed are you when men hate you, ostracize you, and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. Now, most people who pl- claim Christian persecution are really just kind of jerks. Can we just be honest? Your evangelist is like, oh, you start working for the Lord, you're going to lose your wife and lose your kids and lose your job. I'm like, man, I don't know. You might want to correct something there, brother. I, don't, that, I didn't see that in the Bible. I, you might need some inner healing. You might need to go see a therapist. You know, you might need to read a self-help book, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I don't know something. I don't know, because what you're doing is not working, right? Like, let's, let's get this all together. And you're not getting anybody saved. Like, let's, let's, let's get it all together. But most people, you know, J- Jesus didn't say to fight. Hmm, all right, I'm going to just say this and move on. Jesus didn't come and say, I want you to fight the world so you can have your rights. He, he said, when you're my disciple, you're going to lay down your rights. And I'm going to bless you. He said, if you lay down your rights... I'm going to bless you. When you recognize your blessing, don't come from the government. It, it don't come from how people look at you. Don't come from your Instagram likes. Then come by people, not gossip. That is not where your blessing comes from. Quit fighting to steal a blessing from other people. You, you lay it down and let the Lord bless you. Amen. Come on, lay it down. Let the Lord bless you. We're so fighting for man's blessing. We can't get God's blessing. And what you need is God's blessing. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. That's a good word right there. But then there's a woe in verse 26. Woe to you when all men speak well of you. For their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same 
way. Here's here's how I like to think about this. Now, um, we don't need you to get murdered for the gospel, right? Like that's 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 not what it's talking about here. But real Christians, you're going to be a little bit of an irritant to the world. You're going to be like a little. You ever you ever go for a hike and there's like a pebble in your boot? Right? Not like, you know, attack that you're like, I need to get this out right away because I'm going to bleed to death and die. Right? Like, but like there's like, ah, kind of, it makes you aware that it's there. You can live with it, but at some point you're going to need to address it. This is what Christians are supposed to be in the world. Like we're here. Like I- I'm not fighting for my rights. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be somebody. I'm not, I'm not trying to make you do what I'm doing, but I'm here. I'm here in the gospel. Guess what? It's real. Uh, in Jesus Christ, son of God right? And uh, there's no way to the Father but through Him. And uh, you need to recognize at some point there's going to be a throne of judgment that you're going to stand before, and I would love to prepare you for that moment. That's, 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 that's my heart. I would love to prepare you for the moment you stand at the throne of judgment, and Jesus addresses you. I don't know exactly what he's going to say, because when I get there, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, right? That's all I know. That's all I know. Amen. Come on. That's all I know he's going to say. But... Um, but, but, but that's, not, that's not the only thing he says up there, apparently. And I, 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 you know, there's going to be a book, and I don't want there to be a big old book search when I get there, right? I don't want him to have to use Google to find my name. I, I, want, it to be, I want it to be, oh, I've been waiting for you, well done, good and faithful, right? And so there's people, there's going to be a book search. They're going to do a deep dive. There's going to be academic, you know, investigation to try to figure out, are your name written in the book? I don't see in the book. Do you have an, another name, possibly? Is there an alias that I don't know about? Is, you know, did you change your name at some point? I don't know, like, you know, because I don't see it. I'm looking, you know, and, 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 and I'm like, hey, I, I want to help you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I want to help you uh, get ready for that, that moment. Um, because um, we, we, we're going to want righteousness. We, we want things to be righteous. Not, not, we don't want things to be Christian. We want them to be righteous, even when they don't benefit us. I got a friend named Pedro. My, my friend named Pedro, who's a, um, he's a limousine driver, an independent limousine driver, and he uh, was buying a new uh, Lincoln for his job. And when he, um, when he bought it, you know, they, they tax you based on when you get your plates on a car, uh, the tax is based on what you paid for the car. And he bought the car, I don't know, let's just say $20,000. I don't remember exactly. But he bought the car for $20,000, and the guy said to him, hey, what do you want me to put on the bill of sale for the tax? He said, $20,000. He's like, no, no, I can write whatever, and that's what the, that's what, and he said, he said, he said, he said oh, I'm a Christian. I put $20,000. I'm a Christian. Put $20,000. Now, that made things more difficult for the man. That was uncomfortable because he stood for righteousness when it would have done him better in the world to be a liar. You see, it would have benefited him not to tell the full truth, but he's like, I'm a Christian, and I'm going to be that little pebble, that little irritant in your shoe that says, hey, guess what? There is righteousness. There is righteousness in the world, and it's different than how you're walking right now. There is a different ethical system that I represent as a child of God, and every time you stand for righteousness and the world comes against you, guess what? You are blessed. You are blessed because you're there as that little irritant. The world isn't singing your praises, but you're like, Jesus is. Jesus knows my name. He's got my name written in a book, and that's all I really care about. I want to keep my name in the book. Can you say amen? I want my name in the book. I want it to stay there. I don't know if there's a Holy Ghost eraser or not, but if there is, I'm, I'm doing everything to keep it in there regardless. Can you say amen? Then that's who we're called to be. Uh, following Jesus, it's going to be a little painful at times, but this is the key to the blessed life. 
No one wants to wake up in the middle of the night and pray until Jesus tells you to. It's going to get discomfort a little bit at times. At times, you're just going to want to do your thing, and Jesus is going to be like, nope. I want you to just go on over there and do that. Jesus, ah, that's not really my passion, God. I don't know if I want to serve that way. He's like, wow, I don't, I don't remember this being a, you know, an Enneagram test. I remember just me telling you to do this. <laughs> Come on. I, you know, I said this before, but th- th- there's more people who know their, their Enneagram number. They know their love language. They know, their, they know their, their skills test, but they don't know what Jesus called them to do. One of those is important. One of those is important. And if you put more time into the other three, you might want to put a little bit of time to Jesus. What, what in this season, in this hour, what, what, what in this day and time, where, where do you need me to serve in this season? Like, like, like and we waiting, we're waiting to take a test in the book to tell us. And, I, and, I, and, and I, this is for somebody, and this isn't in my message, and I'm going to finish this and move on, I promise you. But some of y'all, the need is the call. You recognize the need other people don't, don't recognize. Guess what? That's the Holy Ghost of God telling you it's time to step up. Like you want a little, yeah, like we want, oh God, come in a vision and it's going to make me happy and it's going to make me, oh, I'm going to get butterflies and it's going to ignite my passion. And Jesus is like, man, I don't think Paul was like saw a prison and was like, oh, that's going to be so, oh, joyful. That's going to be exciting. Say to Peter, hey, hey, Peter, yeah, on this rock, I'll build my church. And guess, and he's like, really, Jesus? You're going to change my name, and I'm going to be the rock, and I'm going to be one of the leaders of the church. Yeah, 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 it's going to be great, and people are going to listen to you. Yeah, oh, that's so exciting. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? What? They're going to tie you upside down on a cross, and then they're going to murder you. And Peter's like, whoa, wait, wait I'm sorry. Wait, wait, I'm, you had me up until that last part. I'm sorry. Wait, what, what, what was that again? Because I'm going to be the man. I, I'm going to be the man, and I'm going to be, you know, one of the head elders in um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, you know, like the, the, one of the chief apostles. And um, wait, what would what, 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 you say after that? Oh, yeah, you're going to suffer and die. Similar to me, but just probably more painful. Um, <laughs> wait, um, um, I, I did the love language. And I, I don't think physical pain was my love language, Jesus. I don't, I, I, I um, no, see, no, see, I'm an Enneagram 9. I'm a peacemaker. And so I, so I can't exactly be persecuted. That would hurt my feelings. And that would cause me all kind of emotional distress. Jesus is like, um, he's got his, I can just see, I can see him in heaven. They're like, got the book open, got the pencil, flipping over the eraser. You're like, no, 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 okay, okay, no, no, I got it, I got it, no, no, I'm good, no, 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 I, I got that, no, 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 I'll, I'll go ahead, I'll, I'll be a disciple, I'll keep following Jesus, no, I'm good, no, 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 no. I'll take the cross, I'll take the cross, just, just don't, just, yeah. you, you hear what I'm saying? I, you, you hear what I'm saying? I, 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 it's important, it's important, it's important that we don't live this life trying to figure out how comfortable we can make this life. It's important that that, like, when you got to choose between God and comfort, you better choose God. When we got to choose between God and money, you better choose God. When we choose between, like, 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 ah, I feel like I'll sit home and just be lazy on this Sunday, or go bless the fellowship of the saints who come together to worship Jesus and serve there. It's important that we make the right choices when we're able to. Can you say amen? Amen, amen, amen and amen. Verse 23, I'm going to end with this. Give me some music ready back there if you would. He says, be glad in that day. Leap for joy. For behold, and I'm here to tell some of y'all who've been struggling in the last couple of years. Some of y'all who've been in the pit in the last season. I mean, I got, a, I got the word of the Lord for you right now. You who've been following God. And you've laid down things to follow God. I got a word for you. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way their fathers used to treat the prophets. 
I'm here to tell you, some of us are going to be in heaven, and we're going to get there, and we're going to see Jeremiah, and we're going to see Isaiah, and we're going to see Nehemiah, and we're just going to be like, yes, yeah. They're going to be like, I get this. I get it. Moses is going to be like, man, I, I saw you. I saw you. I saw you. And you're like, man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Bible forces us to ask the question, am I a disciple or am I here for the benefits? Am I a disciple of Jesus or am I here for the benefits? When we become disciples, Jesus is going to start expecting us to grow up. When we become disciples, he's going to expect us to grow up and quit looking for other people to wipe our butt. Quit waiting for Jesus to come down again and rescue us. Because we're going to have that ladder in our hands rescuing other people. Last week, we talked about how the rabbis had a commentary for the scriptures. Turn it down one sec for me. We talked about how the rabbis had a commentary. This is your commentary for the Bible, the Beatitudes. This is Jesus giving you a way to view the scriptures. This is Jesus giving you a way to judge every prophetic word you receive. Someone tells you, I got a word of the Lord for you. You are going to be the greatest apostle ever. You are going to travel. He's like, wow. He said, blessed are the meek though. That doesn't sound meek. That sounds like it feeds my ego. I'm going to make you, God's going to make you so rich, you won't even need him. Whoa. I don't know that that's God. I don't know that that's what he sent me here for. Now, I'm talking to us charismatic Pentecostals right now. We get caught up because we know God blesses. We know God gives the power to make wealth. We know God heals. We know God delivers. We know, we know God is a very good God. We are terrible at asking why he does that. <clears throat> we are terrible. Stand with me if you would. <clears throat> We're going to see communion together. So I pray in the name of Jesus right now that every blessing that God has for you manifests itself in a significant way. But with that manifestation of blessing comes the understanding that that is not just your portion, it's other people's as well. Every blessing you get isn't all for you. It's for, come on somebody, it's for someone else. You get a big blessing, God's like, yeah, I need you to understand that part of that is for your bread, part of that is someone else's seed. You better be planting that in somebody else's need if you want that forest, that crop to continue. Can you say amen? Come on, somebody. Give, give a clap to God if you would. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for providing more than what we need. Thank you for providing more grace than what we need, Jesus. Thank you for providing more. Thank you for coming down and giving us a ladder to rescue others. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, we're going to receive the Lord's table. Now, here's how we practice it at Revival Life Church. I have never in the scriptures, and I've read them. I do it for a living. Uh, I've never seen Jesus turn anyone away from the table. There's people who came to the table that all the religious people said shouldn't be at the table. <clears throat> and so we believe that communion is a means of grace. And you're at the table today. And as you're at the table today, I want you to kind of consider in your heart would I invite more people to the table or do I think my table puts me above other people? If the Lord stretches out a table before you in the presence of your enemies, are you going to make them feel bad that they're not at the table or do you invite them to sit down for a meal? This is the table of the Lord. He's always got room at the table. And if you have been 
a bystander of Jesus today, I invite you to become a disciple. And today, the grace that comes upon these elements. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the anointing so good. Thank you, Jesus. The anointing upon these elements can be a means of grace of salvation for you. Let this be your first act of obedience in following Jesus. <clears throat> in Luke, excuse me, 1 Corinthians, we read this. Paul writes, For I received from the Lord that which was also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. <clears throat> And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also. After supper, saying, this cup is the new cup. Whoa, hallelujah. This is the new, mm, I feel the Holy Ghost. Just receive it. Just receive, wow, I just, mm, I feel the, mm. come Holy Ghost of God. Mm, this is, hallelujah. Just thank him right now. Just thank him. Just thank him for his grace in your life. Thank him that he's starting to set things right in your, no, no, with your voice. Just thank him a little bit. Can you just give a thanks offering to Jesus right now? I, it, it's not what we plan, but I just feel like, hmm. Just come on, just thank him. When, when, we, when, when we gather around the table, people say, I need to say a blessing. But Jesus said, when you gather around the table, give thanks. The whole point is to give thanks. <laughs> It's not like the food might be cursed and we need to put some words on it to keep it uncursed. No, the food is blessed because we received it. We need to thank him that he gave it to us to receive it. Come on, somebody. Just, we thank you, Jesus, for your... Mm, thank, mm, 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 mm. Ha, wow, I feel the holy... I'm waiting for God to move right now. Hallelujah. Hall, mm, hallelujah. There's a new anointing coming on upon people right now. There's a fresh anointing. He's awakening dreams right now. In the I don't know in the chat if that's you. Give me a wave. Give me an amen. Give me a God bless you right now if you're in here. Just receive it through thanksgiving. Receive it through thanksgiving right now. Receive it through thanksgiving. Mm. This cup mm, is a new covenant of my blood. Do this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Pastor Tracy, I see the anointing moving in your heart right now. Just let it flow. Just let it flow. Just let it flow. Just let it flow. Duke, I see the flame of God upon you. Just let it awaken things right now. Just let it happen. Mm, just let it happen, Brianna. Just let it happen in you. I know it's a hard decision, but just let them. Just, just go with God. Just go with, mm, let it be decided in your heart. Just go with God in the name of Jesus. It's just all over the room. He's moving right now. Uh, let me finish reading. Wow, I'm going to read the scripture. You keep thanking God. Ah. Uh, the cup mm, is the new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and, and drink ah, the cup, you, re, mm, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. Come on, just let it happen. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And here's where we get ugly. Out there is where we be pretty. And here we let... Shake. Mm. Oh, 
This might be me, but I'm going to just speak it out. I feel like there's a worship anointing on some people in here. And the Lord is poking you and prodding you. It is time. All right, Valentino. All right. This bread, this is the body of Jesus that was broken for you. He broke it so you could be whole and you can take your body to another broken person. And you could be broken with them to get them out of their pit. Can you say amen? Receive the body of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. 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 Now I'm not a prophet or a son of a prophet, but I feel like this cup is going to be something for somebody here today. I feel like a, a, a new wine is coming upon somebody today. Someone's someone going to be filled with some fresh, the, the new wine. And it's going to require you to build a new wineskin to contain. Woo! Shakaba. Shakaba. If you got a spiritual language, you could just pray in there right now. Just shakaba. I feel the Holy Ghost of God. Shakaba. Saraba. Sandere. Oh. Go ahead, Cecilia. Just let it. Just let it rip. Come on. Come on. I just, we're going to, right in the middle of communion, we're going to get Pentecostal here for a second. We're already late. We're here. I mean, we woke up and got dressed, sat through a long message, heard me use the word hell in a way that didn't come out funny. Come on. We might as well just go all the way in. Hey, come on, somebody. Hey, Jesus. Hey, Jesus. Come on, Duke. Shakaba. Deep within your well right now. From deep. Let deep cry to deep right now. Let deep cry to deep. There's a prophetic tongue. I don't know if I'm Lydia. I don't know who it is. But we need to just let it rip right now. Jesus, we let you know. We're here for you. We've chosen you over every other option. We, there is no other option. And it took us this long to figure that out. But Lord, we've chosen you. Shekabah. Wopa, Lamba. Oh, Holy Ghost, we, we repent. We want new wine. New wine. New wine. New wine. There's visions happening all over the room right now. There's visions happening all over the room right now. There's visions happening all over the room right now. Trust that. This is the cup of the covenant. Oh, here we go. Receive the cup. Hey, 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 hey. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for your life, Lord. We thank you that you care enough about people that you brought us. You brought us out of the pit. Come on. You brought us out of the pit to help rescue others. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Come with me, Valentino. Right now, we pray in the name of Jesus. Ha, we pray in the name of Jesus. We thank you for healing. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you for anointing. We thank you for peace of mind. We thank you that you are with us in the pit and you're giving us a plan to get out. And we ask this week that you would transform us into peacemakers in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen and amen. Give a clap offering to the Lord if you would. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. If I could have my life group leaders come forward and uh, maybe a ministry team director or two, if you have a need in your body for healing, if you'll put on a mask and come forward, we want to pray for you. But if not, we love you. We love you. We love you. We pray that you would have a blessed week. There are going to be some people that you can talk to or be, have prayer for. And uh, this week, I, I, I pray that you would just ask God, what's the ladder you have given me? And who am I supposed to lower it to? And uh, if you feel stuck in the pit, don't leave here without having somebody lay hands on you and praying for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for coming. We love you. God bless you. Have a great week.